0: So our main text is Hebrews 4.16 and we're talking about entering in. Though the heavens are open to you. How many of you know the heavens are opened? The heavens are opened but you must enter in. The heavens are open but you must enter in. Well how do I enter in? I'm glad you asked. Everything of heaven has to pass through you. And everything that you do, you must pass through heaven. Hello? Everything that Christ has has, has received from his Father, he gave to you from the heavens. And everything you're ever going to do, you have to be in relationship with heaven. So then let us approach the throne of grace. He's inviting us to come because it's an open heaven let us approach in other words let's come near how near can we go we can go all the way it all depends on what you're willing to sacrifice lay down give up what changes you're willing for God to make in you and for what changes you're willing to make for God you can come as near as you want you can touch him amen He's not like one of these superstars when he's got bodyguards around him and says, well, you know, like one of these superstar preachers, Have you seen him when they have all the men stood up there. And when he's preaching, they've got all the guys there in case anyone comes to touch him. No, no, no. I, I, I'd be cooler. i will get you. You stand up there like that. Looking like that. And just anyone just look at me. I say, seize him. Seize Take him out. And uh, now Jesus is not like that. God's not like that. He says, come, come, come. He can handle us all at the same time. It's great, eh? So come, let's approach the throne of grace with confidence, not with fear. With confidence, so that we may receive. So there's things that we can receive when we enter in. And it's to those things that Christ appeals to us. Yeah? And we can find grace to help us in our time of need. How many of you know, since the day I've been born, there's always been time of need? There's always been times like this. In one sense, in other, in other depending which period of history you go into, there's been certainly different times, but within every time, there are basic needs. There are basic needs. And God wants us to know him and find him, not only in our time and need, because I'm only using one portion of the scripture, but he wants us to know him in a very powerful, intimate way. So that's been the, the main text, but I want to take you to a subtext, James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 23 anyone who listens is anyone listening this morning if someone's asleep at the side yeah nod them. anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says okay okay is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror how many of you looked in the mirror this morning yeah Carol says to me, you should have. (laughs) Anyone who listens to the word, she says to me sometimes, who dressed you this morning? Well, there's no one else up there. It's me. What are you doing with that? What are you doing with that? Sometimes she shakes her head and goes, can't believe you're going out looking like that. And then I turn around and say, I can't believe you'd let me. (laughs) Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away, and immediately how far? How soon? Immediately. Some of you will go away today and forget, immediately, as soon as we say, "God bless you, there's a cup of tea over there, you've gone. Seriously, that is serious. And this is what he's saying immediately forgets, immediately forgets. Now he's not talking, if we read this in a minute, we're going to see, he's not talking about just a natural mirror. immediately forgets what he looks like, but the man, everyone say, but the man. Ladies, you are the man. You are the man this morning who looks intently into the perfect law. This is the mirror. This is the mirror. This is, The perfect law. Amen? Those who look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. It's amazing how some people look in this Bible and all they get is law. Others look into this Bible and get freedom. Same book. Same book. One mirror's called law, another one's called freedom. It gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting. Everyone say, not forgetting forgetting not forgetting what he has heard but doing it he she or they will be blessed in what they do how do you not hear the severity of that i look and then i forget because i forget i can never go and do but there is a person who looks into it and they know who they are They see who they are, are, and they can go and apply what they see. So which church do you think we want to be? We want to be the second one. So we have to try and bring as much clarity to the word as possible. We need insight, we need wisdom, we need revelation, we need understanding, so that we can help one another look into the mirror and remind one another, hey, this is what you really are. So when people come and say, I don't feel this, I don't see this, I don't, stop, 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 stand up, get ready to hear what I'm about to say. This is what God says who you are, not what you perceive yourself to be. Yeah. It's important that there is a higher level speaking into our lives than just our own perception and that's so important, and that's why we need one another. And we must speak to one another in love about one another, so that we hold each other to the account of God's word, not to the mental perceptions I have or you have about one another. True. Now, any guy that goes to a gym, and I'm one of them. I'll be. I've just got a bit lazy just recently. I'm not going as much. I'm still going, but not as, as often. And uh, especially in this weather. Whenever you go to a gym, there is always a decent gym now. I'm not talking about a little rat hole in the corner. A proper gym, Nazim, you will always find mirrors everywhere. Mirrors are important in a gym because mirrors signify perception. Mirrors signify and speak confidence, yeah, and self-justification, so when he lifts up his six-pack, and he's like that, yesterday he was in there, and the guy's like that, (laughs) seriously, seriously, this is what these people do in the gym, they look at themselves like that, six-pack, justification, all the hard work is paying off, and then you get the big fella like me going, But can you run 45 minutes on a, on a runner? No, you can't. Shut up then. Put your six pack away. Hey, I've got a party seven going on. He's got a six pack. <coughs> see, most of these guys are buff, but they're not fit. Stallion. And you see what I call large units of people. All sizes in the gym. Some creep up on the mirror. (laughs) Others stand in the mirror. And all the young boys standing there, you know, with their hair dryers in front of the mirror, looking at themselves like (laughs) that. And I'm being filled just... (laughs) Mirrors are important because people need assurance. It's it's important for their self-image. Certain... Certainly, in the gym, that is, and it always makes me laugh. You see, a lot of these people, the sat, the sat. I mean, everyone's got a mobile phone in the gym. Why? <laughs> so a gal will do that? <laughs> Walk up, pick his phone up? Well, who do you think wants you? You're in the gym. <laughs> you go to work out, not to talk out. And they can. Sit there for two minutes without a phone in their hand. Well, you didn't go to work out then. Your thumb's working out more than your body. And you see all these young kids doing it. These young lads doing it. And the ones are the best. The best ones are the ones who sit on the bike, on the phone, or reading a book. I tell you, I kid you not, there are people in our gym that ride the bike... And read a book. Right? And then they, go to the, then they go to the mirror. You did not burn two stone off. By doing a two minute cycle. It's amazing. The mirrors are very very important. And they have the mirrors in the gym. And then they have them in the shower room. They have them everywhere. The only place you don't have them. Is actually in the actual shower. But this time yet and there's this obsession with looking at yourself to see if it 's working and Bible tells us that physical exercise is does bring profit, yeah, but there are other exercises that would bring us far more profit soul health and spirit health, yeah so when a person's looking at themselves, when, you know, the big guy, I'll call, consider myself a big guy. If I put young Tumbi over there, he's trying to look like me, I know that, but... <laughs> when I look at Tumbi, Tumbi's young, he's, he's well-built, you know, he's got a good physique on him, and look at me, right? Now, I'm not trying to put a new engine in. He's a young boy, not a young boy, young man, should say, he's a young man, Who's got good physique, he's growing So he wants to wear the t-shirt, he wants to walk down like that So you get to my age, I've already caught the babe I'm not looking for the babe, I've caught the. And I'm just trying to keep, trying to stay fit and healthy the best I can So I don't need to look at the mirror If I look in the mirror, I'm doing my hair And look at it, there's not a lot to do So I don't need the mirror, why? I know what I look like I know what I look like. If I do that, even I go. Put it away. (laughs) I accept myself for who I am. I have a positive self-image. At the same time, I might need to say, Tony, you need to lose some weight. But I still got a positive self-image. I don't pick a weight up and look at myself in the mirror. It doesn't work like that. But so many people think That by lifting one weight up, all of a sudden, I wish it was that quick. It doesn't, unless you're on steroids. (laughs) Popeye, yeah. Now you see, the thing is this. Depending on your perception of yourself, when you look in the mirror, depending what you see will enter into you. If you see negativity, if you see a poor self-image, it will enter into you the moment you see it. The mirror is not always your friend. And the mirror is a liar. And the mirror can tell the truth. What's the difference? You, you tell the truth based on what, sorry, you either tell yourself the truth or tell yourself a lie based on what you see and then what you perceive. The mirror doesn't speak you speak you interpret based on what, you, what what reflection is coming back at you the mirror's not our enemy but you see the word tells us that when we look into it if we can look into it we can become we have the power to become what the word is telling us we are and who we are but when I look at people in, uh, in the gym and I see them you know the big guy Isn't bothered about looking in the mirror. It's the young guy. The young guy looks better than the big guy. But the big guy doesn't need to go and look at himself in the mirror. Because he knows he's big. But the young guy wants to be big. But big in a muscular sense. Not in a weight sense. You'll always look at something. And something can always look at you. And it can enter into you. You've got to be very careful what enters into you. Because what enters into you becomes a belief system. And when a belief system takes a hold of you, it can have powerful effects, good and bad. So when we read the Word of God, we see that the Word of God is a two-way reflective mirror. Yes, it's not just black words on white paper. I can't see the next page I can only see the page until it's one page at a time it's one dimension in that sense right but when God speaks and when I look into the mirror God can speak to me from multiple angles yeah so when I look into the Word of God it's a two-way reflective mirror in that it shows me who I am in Christ and who Christ is in me that's two different sides of the veil Who I am in Christ and who Christ is in me. There are two different understandings. Do you see that? God wants you to remove that veil so you can have both. So there is no forgetting. You see, if I think I'm in Christ, but I don't know the power of Christ within me, I'll never do the works of God. I need to know who Christ is in me. Not just who I am in Christ. Because if I answer ask that question, I might only get one kind of perception and understanding. But if I look at it from the other side, I'll see it from Christ's side. And it's important that when you look in this mirror, you don't forget. So, in order not to forget, you need to see it from multiple perspectives. Does that make sense? There are two sides to the veil. Whenever we read the Word of God, the Word of God reads us. It's reading you. It's not just you reading the book. The book is reading you. That's how you can feel convict- convicted. That's how you can get emotional when you read it. That's how you can come into repentance. That's how you can fall into spontaneous worship. Because the Bible's reading you. And as it reads you, it shows you, it shows you your heart and, then, and how you feel about what's reading you. And then actions then are taken based on what's reading you. There are some days I read the Bible and it's just words on a paper. And other days I open the Bible and the Bible starts to read me instantly. I've had a week this week and probably parts of last week when I'm, you know know when you're having those really spiritual days. And what I mean by spiritual days is you think I haven't got a clue what to read today. And you just flick it open, like, you know, quaffed in the air. And all of a sudden, that verse, that chapter is the very thing you needed. It's like you were supernaturally led to it. As if that could ever happen. And I've been having this, God keeps finding this theme for me. He's speaking to me in a certain area right now, which I'm not going to tell you about because it's personal to me. And God's speaking to me. And whichever whichever pages I flick, whichever book I read, he keeps coming up with the same theme. I get it. I know what you're talking to me about. The word is chasing me. And it's saying, don't you forget. Why is he telling me this? Because I keep forgetting. Because he's after an action from me. So when the word reads us, the content of our hearts light is shone into our hearts and the darkness inside us gets revealed so you can't hide anymore and it's that light that reminds you who you are and reminds you who Christ is in you whenever we read the word we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit telling us the the thoughts of the Father he's urging us to step in by faith step in by faith to what has been spoken to what has been revealed so to you at that specific moment. What is God saying to you right now? Everyone in here right now. Should have an idea of what God is personally speaking to you right now. If you can write that down. That's your point of entrance. That's where you need to enter in right now. In the season of entering in. Whatever God is speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you so you can enter in by faith. There's many things being spoken, but what is God, being, what is God speaking to you right now? <clears throat> and from that, that's where he's saying, make that journey with me. Yes. Step into what I'm telling you and speaking to you. Why? Because that's what's going to demand some faith. Yeah. Because I'm asking you to take a journey, make a journey, let go of some things, step into some things that you naturally have been inclined to do. And now, because I'm asking you, it's going to require faith for you to let go and to make that journey. So start today with what God is speaking to you about. Amen. So based on that, let's, let's just say the rest. Now you have a context. So we enter in by faith. Faith. Well, Lord, how do I do it? It's a good question to start. Lord, what's it going to cost? It's a good question to start. That's why you need faith. How long will it take? Well, how long will you take? It's not how long it will take, it's how long will you take? So when we, when we read in, sorry, when we enter by faith to so what's being spoken, Christ will be revealed. And that's what he wants. He wants Christ to be revealed inside of you and inside of me. This is why entering in is so critical for our lives. So when we read the word of God, faith to enter in must instantly be activated. Now, I'm saying this because faith is always now. So you can't read the word. If I'm speaking right now or you're reading and you think, I'll come back to that tomorrow. You did not activate faith at the moment faith was required. So that same word may not speak to you the same way it spoke to you when you first read it. So when faith, when God ever speaks to you, he requires faith to be activated at that moment. At that precise moment. How many times have you heard somebody say something, you think, yeah, I, I, I'll switch onto this in a, in a day or two. We never get to it. It's gone. The moment was lost. So at the moment God speaks, Faith must be activated. You, it must be at that moment. Lord, help me in my unbelief. At least you've activated something. At least you've acknowledged. Yes, Lord. I don't know how, don't know when, don't know where, but lost, I'm in. Right, faith was activated at that time. When the Word of God enters into us, we can then enter into the dimensions of the Word because the Word is a dimension. Yeah. It's got multiple dimensions, unlimited dimensions. How many times have you read a scripture and you keep seeing something differently every time you read it? There are multiple dimensions. God's unlimited. God's unlimited. You know, the word of God, uh, like I say, is, is multiple in dimension. The word must enter into you and you must enter into the word. The word of God must enter into you. And by as it enters into you, you can then enter into the word. By doing what the word tells us to do, we enter in, which means the word enters into us. Let me give you a scripture that will show you what I mean. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13 verse 9. How many of you know there can be a crowd here this morning but the truth may not always enter into all the crowd but once the crowd enters into the truth Wow you have an unstoppable church Matthew 13:9 says he who has is let him hear why does he say that because something's about to enter there's an opportunity to enter into something that if you don't hear you will miss the disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of the secrets, the knowledge of the secret. Heaven is a secret, and heaven is knowledge. Heaven has knowledge about the secrets. Let me rephrase it. Heaven has knowledge about the secrets about the mysteries that have not been revealed to some, but have been revealed to others. So you know something that others don't. But knowing about them is only one level. If you've not entered into them, let me give you an example. We all know that the blood of Christ has given us power. Right, but how many live in that power? We have a knowledge of the mystery that some people don't even know Jesus can heal. You have that knowledge. But now getting you to walk in that knowledge and demonstrate that knowledge is a different dimension. Can you see that? So let's go back to that scripture. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to people in parables? The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. So there's two crowds. To this crowd, there's a veil. To this crowd, there is no veil. Whoever will be given, whoever will be given more, and he will have, sorry, whoever has will be given more. Sorry, forgot the as out. <laughs> whoever has will be given more. And he will have an abundance. Everybody like that? Everybody like that? Yeah. You like that part, don't you? Whoever has will be given more. And he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away. You know, you can lose what you've got. Because yeah. you do nothing with it. Because you forget what you look like, you forget who you are, you forget what you've been called to, and because you forget, little by little, it gets taken away. So eventually you diminish in your stature, you diminish in your faith, and you become a powerless believer. It's frightening. Everything that God tells you and everything that Christ gives to you, He tells you to guard. And there's a reason why to guard it because there's a thief. And the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But there's also another thief, and it's called your you. It's called your aptitude, your diligence, your attention. It's what leaves the door open for the thief to come in. All you had to do was lock the gate. Your job was to guard. That's all your job was. So he says, whoever will be given more... Uh, will have an abundance whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from this is why i speak to them in parables though seeing they don't see though hearing they do not hear or understand god is not speaking to us in parables god is not speaking to us in mysteries god is trying to reveal to you his heart his will he's not playing a game with us he all god needs is you to be a seeker a seeker and then when he does share something you immediately step into it by faith yes lord i'm holding on to it if you're sick this morning and someone and you're really really you've got your back against the wall and someone says i believe god there's someone sick here this morning and now could that's not a prophecy because there's always going to be a crowd with someone who's sick so what you're stepping out and i saying there's somebody here this morning who's sick and you've been worried now we're going a little bit deeper now you've been worried that your life's going to be taken away from you now all of a sudden we're, zo- we're zooming in. And God says, if he's heard you cry and if you just believe in him, you'll walk out of darkness. Now that's now become personal. At that moment, that person has to say, that's me. I have to enter into that word now. Because the word is being spoken now and it needs a response now. No, I'll get back to you tomorrow. It needs a now response. Now, when it's that severe, we can all understand that. But if I announce things to you before they come, now we've got a different scenario. Is it still as important? Yes. Why? Because the father foresaw and foresees what's going to take place. So your good father warns his children in advance. But the children don't listen to the Father until the crocodiles are biting the backsides. It's too late then. But what God's trying to... That's why he said, if you walk in the Spirit, the Spirit will take from the Father and make it known to you so that you have leverage. You have leverage. You're ahead of the game. So that you can always make choices and decisions ahead. So you're never at consequence moment. Or you're never at death's door. It's all about how quick we will respond to what God is speaking to us. The same God who spoke to that that person about death is the same God who is trying to speak ahead of time to prevent some things happening. So you say to your children, be careful now you're going to hurt yourself. Is that, not for, is that not foresight? Yeah. Based on what? Experience and wisdom. Yeah. Because you've seen it a thousand times. You was that child once. Yeah. You've seen other people. So you're worn ahead of time. But a child's not listening. Until it starts crying. And then it's like the kid's saying, why didn't you tell me? But I did tell you. You just didn't like what came out of my mouth. <laughs> now your father doesn't want to let you get to tears. So we enter in by what, we, what has previously been received and been revealed to us. We enter in by what has previously been received and what has been revealed to us. So we start there. What do I know? What have I received? It's important that you know what you've received. And what's been revealed. And that's where you use your faith. That's when you stand in faith. I know who I believe. And I know that he's able. I know that his word has entered into my heart. Why? Because I feel this way towards him and his word. This word must become the anchor to your soul. So what do anchors do? It stops the ship from drifting. It holds them in position. So the word, if it can enter into you, can hold you in position until you can enter into the word you see that there's many times when your brain has and your spirit has captured things and it's just in the background and then one day what has been stored up the Lord hits the button and it comes from the background to the foreground and all of a sudden it gets it comes with a it kind of phases everything out and one phrase comes to your mind and it grabs your attention and now you know the Holy Spirit took what was been previously said and now he brings it back in a sharp way to your remembrance. And at that point, you have a choice to make. Yeah. Yeah. Faith, faith. At that point, yes, Lord, thank you, Lord, for bringing that back to my memory. It can be simple. It can be simple. Try like this. I have this obsession about closing windows and doors. It's not an obsession, but... It, um, when I go to bed at night, I want to make sure all my windows are closed. And my doors are closed. (laughs) Is that not due diligence? Is that not, if I'm going to put my head on, on, uh, if God's going to give sleep to his beloved, I need to make sure that all is well below and around me. So, I'm going upstairs. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. You didn't shut the door. Where did that come from? You didn't shut the door. How do I know something I don't know? Ask yourself that. How do I know? How do I know what I don't know? Well, I like to think that he's got my back. And I say, the door. I can say, oh, silly me, I didn't get the door. I always say, thank you, Lord, for reminding me. Yeah. Why? I'm just train, trying to train my ears to recognize he's my father's got my back. Yeah. You might think, oh, that sounds so silly. Well, you leave your door open. <laughs> and see if it sounds silly afterwards. I know what i'll do if i'm going to have a peaceful night's sleep all needs to be well so these are the these are the small things that god gets involved in our lives because god's training us at every level and at every opportunity now i'm not saying every time you remember you didn't shut the door was the holy spirit that's for you to work out yeah it's trying to warn us of possible danger so we enter in By what we have previously received and what has previously been revealed or what is currently being revealed. We enter in by what we see. We enter in by what we see. We enter in by what we hear. He who has an ear, let him hear what is being said. Why? Because the moment I hear what's being said, I can enter in. I must have good hearing, spiritually perceptive hearing. I enter in by what I hear. So what are you hearing this morning? May not be what I'm saying. What are you seeing? Now, you know, seeing and hearing work together. Because based on what you hear, ah, I see now. The ears and the eyes work together. And when your ears and your eyes are miles apart, there's trouble. (laughs) Hearing helps us to see. It gives clarity. Yeah? Yeah? we enter in by what we perceive to be an offer that's why a lot of the churches are always offering you a hundred fold return deliverance healing and victory and that's an offer every Sunday so that the people part with the money they do all crazy things because that's what they perceive as an offer that's what moves them towards that word not always good none of those things are bad but when they're the only carrot being waved in front of the people's eyes, there's something wrong. There's got to be other ways to get people into obedience. And other ways to get people out of disobedience without money being involved. Amen. We enter in by what we understand. It's what I understand I take away. So it's an English takeaway this morning. I say it's English just because of me. The church isn't English. The church is multicultural. multicultural but you're listening to an Englishman who's a kingdom man, so he's not even English because this isn't my home. But you listen to a Mancunian. What you're able to understand from this accent of mine, you need a supernatural heavenly interpreter. But what you're able to understand, you can take home. It's called Church Takeaway. And what, what we enter into sorry we enter into by what we apply our faith to we enter into by what we apply our faith to so let's base let's go back to what god is speaking to you currently at this moment out of what god has currently been speaking to you and revealing to you what do you see what do you hear what do you perceive what do you understand and what level of faith do you have and don't you have to make that journey what you don't understand, you can keep asking God to show you. Lord, open my eyes so I can see what you're saying, Lord. Give me more insight. Give me more revelation. Give me more understanding so I can make the journey. If you're a husband and it's your wife that's in, uh, in the situation or you're a wife that, and it's your husband or you're a family and your kids, you might need what the other person doesn't have. You might be the, you might be the spokesperson to bring understanding, wisdom, clarity and insight so that they can make that journey, ask the Lord to give you, so you can help them. So everyone benefits. You seek, you seek God on behalf of others. Yeah. If you see your family struggling, you be the you be the missing link. You standing, in. Stand, enter in on their behalf. Yeah. So Matthew nine twenty says this. Just then, the woman who had being subject to bleeding for 12 years. Stop, 12 years. I many of you know that's a long time? That's a long time to be in this condition. In a time when uh, cosmetics, toiletries, all those things in a hot country were not available. Irrespective of that, this woman is in discomfort. She's carried it for 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. Years over a decade, and here she is one day, and she has a moment for 12 years' history to be wiped away. And she said to herself, So she looks in the mirror, and she said to herself, She's got a strong personal self image. She has something about this woman that she can say to herself. She can arrest herself and redirect her steps by her speaking to herself. Now, let me tell you when you find people talking to themselves, we call them weird. But everyone in this room has to speak to themselves. You have to arrest the confusion, the fear the poor self-image, the imminency of life can end tomorrow. They're all common to us. And it's the conversation that you have with yourself will be the determining factor whether you sometimes live or die, whether you succeed or fail, whether you're blessed or you're not blessed. It's the conversation you have. yourself because when you have the conversation with yourself you conclude what you've received and what you already know at that point and you start to move away all the confusion and all the fear and all the the lies and all the untruths and you have to stand on what you know which is the truth now the facts are not always the truth but facts sometimes help us to Understand some things, but you must have a conversation with yourself at a certain point. This woman says, and she said to herself, let's see what she said. If I can only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Not I might get healed. Not that I might increase, increase my chances that I will get healed. She knew that there was a solution over there that needed a conversation that I've walked around this for 12 years and now God is showing me the answer stood right in front of me. Many of your conditions that you've been carrying for years, the answer's been stood right in front of you many, many times. And because you cannot receive and will not perceive and will not enter in, what the answer cannot enter into you. Now we all fall into that bracket. That's why God, in his graciousness, says, and the word of the Lord came again and again, because he knows. are you glad God gives us chances? And if I only touch the cloak, she turned, Jesus turned to her, saw her, take heart, daughter. Now the word's coming. Take heart, daughter. Take heart. He didn't say an awful lot. Take heart. She said to herself, if I touch, Jesus has read her thoughts. And he turns to her. She didn't have a a large microphone on her head and Jesus can read her thoughts. Jesus knew by the spirit what she was thinking. So by a word of knowledge, Jesus turns around to her and says, take heart, daughter. Your faith, your faith, your faith has what? Healed you. No one's touched her. No one's touched her. She had a conversation with herself. She, entered, she moved towards entering in, and Jesus turned around to her, by a word of knowledge and says, "Take heart, your faith has made you well. Now the word has entered into her. She entered in, it entered into her. And at that moment healing came. Then you become an immovable, unmovable force. You become an unmovable force. And, I, and, the, and the woman was healed from that moment. This is so good to miss. She said to herself, one step, if I can touch his cloak, Jesus, by a word of knowledge, reads her and says, your faith has healed you. Second step. And at that moment, boom. At that precise moment, When things are obtained by faith and through faith, release comes. Healing comes. What woman? What? Sorry, what a moment it was for that woman when she was healed. What a moment. At that moment, she said to herself, that's when the moment happened. That was the moment. So, for friends, when you look in the mirror, it depends what you're saying. At that moment, it depends what you say will determine what you walk away with. Depends what you're looking at. Oh Lord, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. That's not a bad place to start. But how many of you know, you don't stay a sinner? You become a saint. At that moment, you're not, you you can't keep saying to yourself, listen, I'm not playing semantics here. Don't say... I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No. You're now a son. And a saint. You once was a sinner, not now. And if you are a sinner now, you're not a saint. You keep on sinning all the time, that's not good. I once was a sinner. I once was blind, but those days are gone. Now, if you want to tell me, if you want to say who I am, Tell I'll explain to you who I am. I'm now a son. Yeah. Of the living God. I'm not a sinner no more. That's right. Depends what you're looking in the mirror. Yeah. Don't, don't be defined by your past. Your testimony is not how you got saved. No. That's only one part of the story. Your testimony is what you're doing for Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Now. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says. Now. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory. We're on the other side, folks. We are being transformed into His likeness. With ever-increasing glory. Which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So let me say this again to you. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces. Thank God we've got unveiled faces. Reflect the Lord's glory. Are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory. Which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Thank God. So at this point I want you to stand to your feet. Now when you look intently into the mirror from this day on. When you look intently to the mirror Your perception is always something at the forefront of your mind. I don't feel good today. That's your perception. I feel awful today. I don't want to read this book today. That's another perception. Your feelings will give you a perception. Amen. And sometimes, you remember, some of you may not know the song by Adele. Well, uh, hello on, to the other side. Sometimes the other side's got to speak before I start speaking to the other side. And when I stand up and I read this word, sometimes I instantly charge and I start speaking to the Lord. So the voice from this side is speaking to heaven. But other times I stand up when I, don't, I haven't got a clue what to say, the other side, so to speak, begins to speak to me first. Now, it's always better when the other side speaks because when the other side speaks, it brings clarity and focus that you didn't have, but when this side speaks, how many of you know, a thousand and one things run through your mind, and your mind is, it's difficult to get your mind under control, and you're thinking about things you would never give thought to, but the moment you start praying, your mind gets cloudy, at that point, you have to fight to keep your mind clear, And we do that by either going into worship or we do it by speaking in tongues. And if you don't speak in tongues, just speak your natural language until you feel the fog beginning to lift. And then go back into the Word. And then let the Word begin to speak to us. But I want you to see, make a declaration with me this morning. When I look intently to the Word, I must decisively, consciously, determinedly not forget the one I'm speaking to he is the standard yeah the four rules of entering in are this i enter in think of this word because i can enter in because because of what the finished work of christ i fin i i, I can legally enter in because the first word because I can legally enter in by first one's because second one by I I enter in by the blood of the lamb I enter in because of the finished work of Christ I enter in by the blood of the lamb Amen (laughs) the third reason I can legally enter in I enter in through through what? through faith I enter in because I enter in by and I enter in through, through faith. The fourth law of entering in is I enter in not because, not just by, not because through, but I enter in with. Now I bring something. It's called my thanksgiving. I must bring something if I'm going to enter in. So I bring my thanksgiving I bring my praise, I bring my attention, I bring many things. So there is a because, there is a through, there is a by, and there is a with. Four rules, four laws of entering in. And you've been given every one of them. You've been given the right to go in and make a sacrifice. You've been given the right to take praise in there. You've been given the right to take the word in there. You've been given the right to take your heart in there. God's given you every access available so... Everything can enter into you. But the one thing you must do is enter in to what's already trying to enter into you. Amen. And when the two sides come together, boom, there's divine exchange. And Christ is revealed. So, if you will, I want you to say, when I enter in, Christ will be revealed to me. When I enter in, I will receive confidence. I will receive the grace of God God. for who I am am. and for what I'm becoming. becoming. When I enter in, I I will find meaning to what I am doing. doing. Do you believe this? When When I enter in, I will find strength to what I'm saying. When I, in, when I enter in, I will find resources for what I'm planning. I what I'm planning. When, I in, when I enter in, I will find partners for where I'm going. I will find for where I'm going. When I enter in, I, enter in I, will, I, I, will I will receive fresh instruction to keep me moving. Keep me moving. When, when, I in, when I enter in, I will receive fresh seed so I can keep on on sowing when I enter in I I will embrace fresh challenges challenges. so I will keep on growing growing. when I enter in I I will receive new insight insight. that will keep me knowing knowing. are you ready are you ready to enter in are you ready to enter in Bye through with and because I tell you I'm gonna keep on speaking this until every one of us enters in enter in to the joy that God has for us last scripture and this we're finishing Psalm 118 verse 19 let me read it to you Psalm 118 verse 19 open for me the gates of righteousness I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in his eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a standing ovation. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Father. We enter in because of what he did. We enter in. By the blood of the Lamb. We enter in through faith. And we enter in with thanksgiving. Let that be your foundation. Let that be your springboard for thrusting you into his presence. Open wide your heart. And let all of heaven invade your heart. But pursue him. God will not try and ram anything into your heart. Freely you've received, freely keep on receiving. And that which you've received, then freely give it away and sow it into others. And so the cycle is complete. Father, we thank you for your word today. It truly is a word that changes everything. You want us to keep approaching the throne of grace with confidence. And Father, we're determined to do everything we can to keep approaching the throne of grace with confidence. Lord, knowing that we will find what we need in our time of need. And Father, we know that in order to find what we need, we must enter in. And things must enter into us. Father, we are on our feet. We're on our feet and that's how we should remain. You challenge us to stand up this morning. You challenge us to, to get ready to hear what you're about to say. And Father, you have spoken. And now, Father, we ask you to seal this word that as we've looked into the mirror this morning, we refuse to go home and forget what we've seen and heard. We enter in by what we see, by what we hear, by what we receive, by what we understand, by what we perceive. By what we touch. Father, let heaven pass through us. This week. In the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said. Amen. 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 Be blessed.